Welcome to the Confidence Conversation podcast with me, Joy Burnford. This show explores the world of women, work, and what it takes to feel more confident. Each episode offers inspiration, stories, and light-hearted discussions with business leaders and experts from around the world. A lack of confidence is not a crime. So if you need some motivation, inspiration, or a boost of confidence, grab a cuppa, go for a dog walk, or escape for a drive, and join us for today's conversation about confidence. And I'd like to say a big thank you to our partners, Capability Jane Recruitment, for helping us bring this podcast to life. They are a uniquely placed recruitment company which specializes in finding highly talented individuals that want to work flexibly. And if you know a business who could benefit from this recruitment service, get in touch on their website, quoting the Confidence Conversation. And if the business becomes a client, they'll thank you with a £100 gift voucher. focus for this season is being your best self. And today I'm welcoming the wonderful Sean Prigg as my guest. Sean is the Senior Learning and Talent Manager at Opal Vauxhall Finance, and she has worked in the field of talent and HR for over 20 years. I've been very fortunate to get to know Sean and her team over the last couple of years, helping them to develop their company-wide mentoring programme. She also coaches school-aged girls and their parents about their career options through her coaching business, Start Sooner. Today, we'll be talking all things coaching and mentoring. Good afternoon, Sean, and welcome to the Confidence Conversation. Thank you, and thank you for inviting me along. It's lovely to have you here. So as you know, today's episode is all about mentoring and coaching, both looking at the benefits for women in particular and top tips for getting the most out of your mentor or coach. So I thought to begin with, it'd be great if you could perhaps briefly describe your career background and experience in relation to mentoring and coaching. Of course. So I am currently a senior learning consultant for Opal Vauxhall Finance. So there I'm responsible for all the learning and development and particularly for leading our mentoring programme. I've been there for coming up for five years now. I also run a coaching business alongside that. So an organisation called Start Sooner, which works with young women at school age in terms Mm. of helping them start to think about their careers and start to think about what they could do. Prior to both of these, I've worked in people industries for well over 20 years now, which makes me feel very old, Joy. (laughs) (laughs) A whole host of recruitment, HR um, and learning and development roles throughout. And that's where my love of people came from. Amazing. And how it must be really satisfying working with school aged children, actually. Yeah, it is. It's something that's kind of my passion project, I guess, on the side. And it came from working, working with parents to start with and some of the horror stories I heard about some of the careers advice that young Mm. people were getting um, that just made me think, you know what, there's something not quite right here still. And Mm. if I think back to the careers advice I had at school, it wasn't great and it doesn't seem to have got any better, sadly. So yeah, it's very rewarding. 
Oh, brilliant. And um, I guess before we get into the detail um, of the podcast, I wondered if you could explain in your um, in your mind, so the difference between mentoring and coaching for our listeners. Yeah, of course. So mentoring, I always see as more of a knowledge sharing relationship. So often it's somebody that's in the kind of role or the kind of profession that you want to get into who can share that knowledge with you and help guide you to where, where you want to be. Whereas with a coaching role, I see it more of a kind of dealing with a problem and and looking at specific problems and trying to uncover solutions to them. So they often get kind of put in the same Mm. bag. And and to me, they're totally different things that we often mix up. Absolutely. And then sponsorship on top of that also sort of comes in as well in terms of sort of another layer on top of mentoring, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And I think it's, it's sponsorship's one of, in my eyes, the most critical things to career success that often we mm. forget about. You know, we mm-hmm. talk about coaching and mentoring and but often having that really good sponsor, that person who is really your advocate throughout the organisation mm. makes the world mm. a difference. Mm. And um, and if you're in an organisation that doesn't have a sponsorship program, do you, what what things tips could you give to women to try and you know try and make something like that happen? Yeah, and I think I think you can. So I think it's it's finding people who are like minded to you. But I think mm. it's also sometimes it doesn't have to be a program. You know, you can go out and find a great person who can be your sponsor without there being a formal program in place that supports it. So mm. I think what I would say to to any woman out there is if you think it's something you need, go and find it, whether there's a program mm. or not there for you. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask for it. Absolutely. And I think it's a, it's a very female trait that we uh, often wait for things to come to us rather than <laughs> yes. going out and asking for it. Exactly. Have you actually ever had a, a sponsor? I have. I do. I have one um, now um, and she's fabulous. She's one of our mm. senior executives on our executive committee at work. Mm. And again, it came not from being a, a formal kind of relationship. I don't think we ever had that official conversation that said, will you be my sponsor? It's just naturally happened. And Mm. she helps me no end brilliant so from an HR point of view what do you think the benefits are for women of having a mentor or a coach I think that there's a whole host of them and I could probably talk for about seven hours but I won't enjoy <laughs> um, but I think often particularly for women that whole imposter syndrome of not thinking that you're good enough not thinking that you can do a certain role or that you've got the right skills for something or you've got to have 73 more qualifications before you could possibly apply I think having a mentor can really help cut through some of those Mm. inner voice conversations that we have that stop us maybe asking for the promotion, going for the job, thinking about a totally different area of the business sometime. Mm. Absolutely. And what sort of challenges do you find that um, women in particular, you've talked about imposter syndrome, are there other things that you find the challenges that that people come to you um, for help with? Yeah, I think predominantly we find so I'm um, one of the co-chairs of our women's inspirational network at Opal Vauxhall Finance. And one of the key things that we work on an awful lot is confidence. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, it's it's asking for things. It's having the confidence to actually speak up in meetings mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. share your ideas. And, you know, and I think that's probably the biggest area that I spend my time working on with women is just mm-hmm. helping them see the skills that they have and giving them the confidence to actually yeah. speak. Yeah and as we know because I, I did the uh, talk for your women's network last year indeed didn't I? So could you give some advice to our listeners about how to choose a mentor or a coach? What, what should they look for? 
Yeah, I think I think there's a couple of things to look for. For me, one of the the most important things is getting the right personality fit as well. So somebody that you trust, that you can be honest and open with, that you don't feel, you know, oh, I better not say that just in case, you know. I think you absolutely need that on one hand. But then it's also really putting the thought into what you want to achieve from it. So if it's a certain role you want to get into, if it's a certain industry you want to get into, a certain skill you want to develop, it's about thinking, okay, who who are the people I really look up to in terms of that? Marry that with the personality piece of actually, do I want to talk to this person? Am I going to trust them? And am I going to enjoy that relationship? And I think that's the most important bit. I think sometimes people go into mentoring relationships without really thinking about what they want to achieve. And then it just becomes a lovely chat Mm. and a good friend often that you Mm. get out of it, but it might not help you get to where you want to be. Yes. And what's your thoughts about sort of having a defined um, length of time for that relationship? I think it's a good idea. So we recently, with your help, Joy, um, launched a mentoring programme and we've set it at a nine-month period because I think sometimes – it can just peter out or sometimes, you know, you get to the end and you think, I'm not quite sure how to end this relationship now, you know, whereas when you've got that stop and it doesn't mean that you can't extend it afterwards, you can't carry on with it, but it almost forces that conversation to say, is this still Mm. working for us rather Mm. than that awkward ending petering off time. And so what are your top tips for getting the most out of your relationship with your mentor or coach? I think the the biggest thing, I think there's two things. I think the biggest thing is is knowing what you want from it. So really spending some time thinking about what your goals are and what you want to achieve from it, but also not forgetting that relationship side and actually taking the time to get to know that person and understand them rather than it just being a very kind of functional, uh, here's my list of things I want to talk about today, but actually having that relationship and getting to know them, I think is really important as well. And why is it important for women to build a trusted support network? I just think, again, it's back to that imposter syndrome, that lack of confidence, you know, we're seeing from the gender pay gaps from, you know, there's still not enough women working their way into certain roles, certain industries. And I think having that network of people around you to support you and help you recognize maybe where you're not very good at recognizing yourself what you could do Mm. and having those people who will champion you and Mm. be your cheerleaders is is so important it happens to me all the time and i my colleague even today i i sort of doubt myself and i'm thinking "Mm, can i really say that yes of course you can (laughs) and it's having that person just to say to you or if if you're you know you're going to do something a presentation and having you know i've got plenty of coaches that i've worked with and you know even somebody ringing up saying i'm thinking of you you can do this yeah um just to give you that boost of confidence really really helps doesn't it absolutely and i think you know you get it all the time i i get it when people are like oh but you do public speaking and you're a trainer and you're a coach you must have it all nailed I'm like, not even no. a bit. <laughs> <laughs> And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast, because I think people see, you know, people like me, they think you, you seem really confident, Joy, but actually underneath, there's still this little voice going on in my head. You know, you're yeah. not good enough. And, and why, why would anybody listen to you? So, Absolutely. I think it's really important to share that, you know, the messages that it's not always the case. Yeah. As you know, we've done some research in the past. And one of the um, things we looked at was some of the barriers to women's success you know what what's your experience about that you know what do you think stopping women reaching senior levels 
I think there's there's a few things. I think one is definitely the the speaking out part. So the having the confidence to share their ideas, to talk about the improvements that they can make and to talk about what they'd like to do as well, I think is one of the sides. I think it's it's more natural generally for men to talk about that and and share those kind of things and ask for what they want whereas we tend to sit back and wait and think oh somebody will come when I'm ready Mm. you know (laughs) we go all coy about it and so I, I think that's one I still think there's some work to be done around childcare and coming back from maternity and we were recently looking um we're owned by um a joint venture between PSA and and BMP and they've been doing a lot of research in France around it as well and we were looking at the gap of of women over 50 and actually the development tends to drop off a lot for them whereas actually that's a time when we should be encouraging it even more so I still Mm -hmm. think there's there's a lot of work to be done around kind of maternity as well as the confidence side of things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely you know do you think what do you think are the secrets to making women successful and happy in their careers? Cool, that's a big question Joy. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think it's it's really about drawing out people's uniqueness I think regardless of whether it's a man a woman you know whatever it is whatever age I think it's about using people's unique skills Mm -hmm. and really encouraging people to bring you know their absolute best self to, Mm -hmm. to the role that they're in rather than thinking I should behave like this or I should behave like that in order to be successful I think it's giving people that permission almost that you can be yourself and you can share your wacky ideas and you don't have to be a certain type of person or wear a certain Mm. type of clothing or you know and I don't think we do enough of that Mm. so you know I think if I gave one piece of advice and it's probably the piece of advice I give the most to people is really understand who you are and then and then take that authentic you to work yes and focus on your strengths absolutely because we're always we're terrible at uh, I'm not very good at that and I'm not very yes. good at this never this is my superpower you yeah. know you rarely hear somebody I say that I know and I think British people especially <laughs> don't yeah. like saying that no we don't like to boast do we no and what do you do as, a, as an organization then in terms of encouraging people to be their unique you know selves bringing that authentic self to to work do you do anything sort of in particular to try and encourage that we do so we have a number of networks across um ovf and and one of we have a number of strategic priorities that we work on in terms of, of the business and one of those strategic priorities is all around diversity and responsibility so yes there's all the usual corporate um kind of kpis and things that we work to but actually one of the core pillars of of our strategy is around how we can make sure that we have that diversity of thinking mm-hmm. you know because i think some Sometimes when we think about diversity, we think about the the physical diversity and not always that diversity of thought, you know. And if we think mm. about designing a car, actually having a whole host of different people involved in that process is just going to make that car more saleable to more people. Mm. And I mm. think that's one of the things we really focus in on is how we can make sure we've got a real cross-section of people. Interesting. Thinking about the last year and obviously the way we've all been working has changed dramatically in the last 12 months and the way that coaching and mentoring has sort of switched over to being more online. How do you see this working in the future? And I guess, you know, what are the key differences that you see about conducting sessions virtually rather than face-to-face and 
you know, which do you think is best? I think the, the thing that's worked really nicely for us is we're a, a global organisation anyway. So a lot of our work, even pre-pandemic, was done virtually because we have people spread all over the country. And I think this has almost forced us, made us think about that even more. Whereas before there was always that little voice that went, oh, well, those two are based in the UK, so actually they could meet up. We don't even take that into consideration anymore. And actually, one of the reasons we wanted the mentoring programme and a more formal mentoring programme was to look at mobility between countries and between different sites. And it's kind of it's it's really helped with that in some ways because it's taken that little voice out of our heads that says, oh, but they're geographically located closer together. So maybe Mm. that will work better. And, you know, from the feedback we've had, we're four months into the new programme. From the feedback we've had, there have been no negatives in terms of, you know, it being more difficult to build the relationship. Mm. Right? So I just think people have got used to it now. And, you know, the joys of video now mean that even though you're not in the room, it feels like you're in the room. And actually mm. you get that little bit of insight into people's lives behind them now as well, which is quite yeah. nice. Absolutely. I guess maybe in the future it might be a combination of virtual and face-to-face yeah I think it's just options then isn't it Mm -hmm. you know and that's absolutely the way we're going with our working as a whole is is finding that balance of okay Mm -hmm. sometime in the office sometime at home Mm -hmm. and finding what works best for you and I think you know that's going to be the same for for all of our programs yeah great and one of the things I think you know I'm writing a book at the moment called don't fix women toolkit for gender parity in the workplace and one of the chapters is all about reverse mentoring because I think this is something that's really critical actually for for gender balance in the workplace and having senior you know typically men in an organization partnered up with somebody lower down in the organization and learning from from both parties and I'd, I'd love to know if you have experience of this or you know if you could talk a little bit about your experience your your thoughts on reverse mentoring yeah I, I agree with you joy I think it's an absolute critical part and as much as we've not kind of talked about it that much in our mentoring program that we've set up we had our first check-ins with our mentors and it absolutely came out as something that's happening you know people particularly across countries as well understanding different cultures understanding different sexes different ways of working I think the mentors are getting as much out of the program as the mentees Mm. so and I think it is you know it's so important that from from age ranges from culture from sex you know again back to all that diversity I think it's really important that we understand different people Mm. and I think this absolutely helps do that Mm. and to get that feedback loop back as well around this whole new way of working as well yeah that's the thing because we've gone from the you know the if I think back two years even you know it could never work for us we could never be a remote organization you know that just wouldn't work and and now we're if not as efficient, if not more efficient, Mm. all working from home than we ever realised we could Mm. be. Mm. And do you think that mentoring relationship, you know, talking about the reverse mentoring element, do you think that's changed now? Do you think it's something that's sort of starting to become more commonplace in terms of senior people being more open and sort of vulnerable I do. I think I've seen a, a big change in the last 18 months about what people are happy to talk about, you know, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to resilience, you know, when it all these things, I think people are just more open about it now. And I think it's one of the good things that's come out of the pandemic is people do talk about these things mm. more, they do share more. 
And what we're finding is people are just genuinely more curious about people. You know, there's not so much judgment. There's not so much, you know, it's just I'm generally interested in Mm -hmm. in what's going on and how you work and what you do. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, if that's one thing we can take away from this crazy time that we're going through, then, you know, I think that's a win. Yeah. And let's hope that continues and doesn't just drop off once the pandemic is over. No, I agree. And I think it's our place, you know, for all of us to continue that and encourage it. You know, I think we've learned an awful lot from this time, good and bad. And I think it's now about, okay, what do we want to take forward? The whole I can't wait to get back to normality is my most hated sentence. Yeah, what is that? (laughs) This is normality. (laughs) And then let's not start on the new normal and all of those phrases. (laughs) Yes, great. So thinking about coming back to mentoring, and I think one of the things we've talked about with the programme is using the Wheel of Potential, which you've been using, and looking at the measurement of mentoring and coaching, because it's a bit of an art. And I think what I'm trying to sort of look at is how you can make it a bit more of a science and actually look looking at whether you can measure it and, and I'd love to just explore you know your feedback around that in terms of you know, the importance of measurement um, of the impact of you know how do you know whether it's been a good program or not yeah and I think we've gone back and forth and I know you've helped us a lot with this joy mm. in terms of how we measure that impact because we don't want it to become a you know very rigid program in terms of right here's our KPI so unless you're talking about something that's going to get us there that's it you're gone mm. so the wheel of potentials absolutely helped because I think it's it opens our eyes up and our, our mentor and mentees eyes up to all of the different possibilities that they can work on together and and you know that sliding scale of okay I started at a three and now I'm at a five and you know looking at those measurements as well I think is important we have other measures in around gender and around women being more mobile in their careers and and generally around career mobility but I think you know a big part of it is looking at the well-being and the relationship side as well which is always the harder part to measure but I think you know has the biggest impact at the same time Mm. great and and sort of finally really are you feeling optimistic and positive about the future of women in the workplace I am I think I still um it frustrates me that we seem to be stuck a bit again but I do think with all these changes in working with more flexibility coming in with more thought about how people work best rather than you know we're in an office nine to five all the time I think if we harness that opportunity I think it will make a huge difference but exactly like you say it's just now making sure we don't just slip back into the old ways Mm -hmm. because I still think there's a huge way to go you know and if Mm -hmm. I think we should be a lot further forward than we are you know when I started looking at figures 10 20 years ago I never imagined we'd still be talking about it today I thought we'd we'd be there but we're not yeah Great. And so finally, I'd love to know who inspires you and why, perhaps in the space of mentoring and coaching. Gosh, um, I get probably not in mentoring in a way of bringing that unique self part. So there's a, a couple of, of people and I'm going to turn to the public eye for it mm. um, rather than people I know. I think there's two people who really jump out at me. So one is, and I don't think this will surprise you because, you know, I'm a little bit quirky. So one is Paloma Faith, who is Mm -hmm. one of my heroes, because I just think 
she is absolutely her authentic self whether you know whether people love her hate her whatever that is who she is and she's quite happy to bring that side of herself and I think you know she wouldn't be nearly as successful as she is today if she didn't Mm. if she tried to stick in that box um and then when I look at the pandemic at the moment I think if I go to New Zealand and look at how they've handled it and the difference there I think you know I would not want that money for that job for all the money in the world but I think she has done an absolutely incredible job of of managing that with such empathy such care Mm. we're talking about Jacinda Ardern are we yeah yes and I just think you know to, to go through something like that the way that she has I think she's an absolute role model to so yeah, many women classic role model isn't she yeah brilliant thank you so much Sean. it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today oh thank you and thank you for having me along it for this week thank you very much for listening if you know anyone who might find this podcast useful please do keep the conversation going and pass on a link and it would give me a real confidence boost if you could leave a review and subscribe if you like what you've heard join us at the confidenceconversation.club where i'll be sharing tips and notes from each episode and you can send in your ideas for future topics and remember if you know a business who could benefit from capability jane's recruitment service do get in touch via their website quoting the confidence conversation and if the business becomes a client they'll thank you with a hundred pound gift voucher and until next time bye for now